Welcome back to the Bodybuilding.com podcast. This is part two of my talk with Jason Whitrock and Steve Hertzler, where we dive into all things keto adaptation. Enjoy. So once you get into, you're now fully, let's we'll fast forward a few weeks from my start date, and I'm keto adapted, what can I expect to be different? Um, how I feel, how I perform, what were some of the things that you've noticed or maybe that you've heard of that people, when they finally got to be fully keto adapted? I think the number one thing is the uh, energy levels. The maintaining high energy levels is, is, from my experience, like I said before, before I did keto, I was just straight cutting carbs forever and my energy levels were rock bottom. Um, then when I did, you know, so, so glucose, you know, when you're, when you have high blood sugar, your energy levels are up, but then when your blood sugar goes down, all of a sudden your energy levels are down. It creates this roller coaster type of, um, energy with, uh, ketosis, your body is able to kind of draw its energy from itself. Um, right. And it no longer has that urge to go out and seek more glucose. So you'll start to notice that you have more steady energy levels, um, throughout the day. Um, which in my opinion is, is huge energy crashes are the worst. And that's the one thing that, um, I was thankful for the ketogenic diet is all right. I don't have to worry about feeling like crap all day long. Um, you know, inflammation goes down in the body when you restrict carbohydrates. So you'll feel a bit lighter on your feet, joints, less, less joint pain. If you have joint pain, um, you know, mental clarity and alertness is through the roof. I, I, you know, I remember right when I first became adapted, I was waking up in the morning and I was just ready to rock and roll. Um, you'll also notice some suppression in appetite. Um, again, you know, your body's able to kind of use itself and use its own fat stores as energy. So, um, especially in the morning when you wake up, you won't be as hungry as you used to be. So, you know, those are a few of the things in the gym. I, I noticed more endurance, you know, I wasn't getting huffy and puffy so quick. Um, I could, I could go forever. Um, and I think that's one of the main reasons why a lot of, um, long distance runners and endurance athletes are using this diet, including some MMA fighters, uh, most popularly Joe Rogan, um, uses it as well, but for that endurance, um, factor as well. So, and I think, it, you know, kind of tying in with that, there's a lot of research now on not only ketogenic diets, but, but also training the muscles in a state of low carbohydrate availability. So like hitting muscles repeated times without replacing glycogen. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they're showing in a lot of these models is that that does upregulate some of the enzymes associated with fat metabolism uh, in the muscles. So, you know, some athletes might be using this diet on a periodized type of basis where they'll go keto for a while to try to increase some of those fat metabolizing enzymes. They may not necessarily go keto through their whole training structure uh, because for some athletes where they have to have really high power outputs really and have to exercise at a really high percentage of their maximal oxygen consumption, you know, it can be hard to do that with just fat as an and ketones as an energy source. Mm -hmm. But you know, if they're, they're also in sports where they're using fat for energy, for a, a period of time during the exercise. So having a period of uh, you know, fat adaptation type of training might be helpful in particular phases of their event uh, to improve their performance as well. I know that's one of the things that athletes are experimenting with a lot. Mm -hmm. And what about someone who wants to 
add muscle. Because we hear with the ketogenic diet, sometimes people will use it for a weight loss. It's received a lot of attention as a uh, weight loss diet, um, along with some of the other you know, low-carb, high-protein diets. But if I wanted to add muscle, um, would this diet work for that? Or would I have to tweak or change up anything to my diet or training to follow a high-fat diet but still increase muscle protein synthesis and put on mass? Yeah, I guess my, my take would be is, you know, there are some, there are some studies that um, Dr. Jacob Wilson's lab has done, that they've done and presented at some meetings showing that, that it was possible for individuals on a ketogenic diet to actually gain lean body mass and strength. Uh, so, you know, I think one of the things, messages that sort of gets lost in the ketogenic literature is that there's just not that many studies that are out there, and there are very, very few studies on people who are actually doing heavy duty and appropriately designed resistance training at the same time. You know, one of the advantages those studies uh, have is that they were doing, you know, periodized resistance training and a very well-designed weight training program. Now, I wouldn't say that the ketogenic diet is necessarily the optimal diet for building muscle mass. I mean, I think if you're really in a serious, you know, muscle building phase, you know, you you may want to have that extra carbohydrate in there to help you out. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily impossible to gain, to gain muscle mass, and certainly you can at least maintain your muscle mass on this keto, uh, ketogenic type of diet. Yeah, and to follow up on that, is this a diet, or is there a population or a type of athlete that you wouldn't recommend? So you talked a little bit about athletes cycling on and off, um, but is there someone where based on their energy requirements and if they're a sport athlete, if there's a specific sport that says, absolutely not, this diet will not support, or it could really be used in certain parts of their training season for anyone. Well, I think, you know, if you've got an athlete with type 1 diabetes, for instance, you know, this is probably not the diet that you want to go with in that particular instance. And, you know, the one thing I always tell people, too, is, you know, if you really want to, if you're concerned about it from a medical perspective, you know, and overall health, you know, we... Yes, there are some studies that have been done showing the, some potential positive effects on blood lipid panels and everything. But the bottom line is, when, you, when you're applying it, you're the person that you're interested in, not a research subject fi who lives 500 miles away. Okay, So if you really want to know how this diet affects you, test, test, test. You know, Go to the doctor. Get your blood lipids done. I can't believe how many people I run into who are worried about taking this supplement, that supplement, or going on a keto diet, and yet they don't even bother thinking about going to the doctor, getting their lab values tested. Get your liver enzymes tested. It's a very simple blood test. It's not expensive, and you can monitor and see how your blood lipids are doing, what your fasting blood glucose looks like, all those kinds of things, and you know how this diet affects you. And, you know, there's just not enough research out there to say for sure that this diet is the absolute, you know, wonderful thing for everybody that's out there. You you have to find out how it is affecting you and go in with the knowledge that there are some things that you would want to monitor um, to make sure that, that you're, uh, you know, not damaging your health and actually helping your health in the process. Mm -hmm. And so, Jason, I'm interested to hear how, because you are... Um, a keto athlete, you follow the diet, I believe, for eight and a half months, I'm yeah, you've said. Almost a year. So how have you taken kind of the research side of things and, and what you've read about and then tailored it 
yeah, to fit your lifestyle. To everyday life. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's what people want to know. It, it looks yeah. great on paper. It looks great in a controlled research setting. But what happens yeah. in real life? <laughs> yeah, so ideally versus reality-wise. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said before, um, I've kind of progressed into the keto diet. I started in, from the very beginning as a wrestler, counting calories and just thinking that was it. Then I went to low carb. From low carb, I kind of found out my energy levels were terrible, so I went to carb cycling. And then from carb cycling um, through, you know, um, my opportunity to work with the mentally ill children, I found ketogenic dieting and it just solved all of my problems. I was just in heaven. Um, but, you know, really it's now there are people that will do a strict ketogenic diet, um, you know, forever. And um, that's great. But there's also different approaches you can take, like targeted ketogenic diet and cyclical ketogenic dieting. Um, for me, I chose to do a cyclical ketogenic diet and um, it's, you know, probably the primary reason why I've been able to stick to this diet for about eight and a half months. Um, you know, carbs are just absolutely everywhere and avoiding them for eight and a half months is, is almost an impossible task. Some people can do it. My hat's off to you. But for me, you know, wife wants to go out um, on the weekend. I've got a birthday party to go to a wedding, you know, um, it kind of allows you that social flexibility. Um, so, you know, I will, I, what I basically did was I took a, a keto cycle approach. And so I would get myself adapted. I would take myself through the adaptation phase. And then from that point, once I was adapted, um, I would do a strategic carb day once every weekend. Um, the carb day was very restricted though. It wasn't just go blow it out. Um, it was 300 to 350 grams of carbohydrates. Um, I would have my cheat meal of course, but then I would also scale it back and have slower digestion digesting carbohydrates in there as well. The average American gets about 300 to 350 grams of carbs a day anyways. So I felt like that was kind of a good place to be. Um, I was able to get back into ketosis 24 hours after that strategic carb day. And also, I think it's important to note that when you eat those carbohydrates, you know, they're going to refill muscle glycogen. Once the muscle glycogen gets up to the top, then you will start storing fat. So I also kind of took a conservative approach and saying, I'm not gonna go eat 1,700 grams of, of carbs. I wanna make sure I get the gas tank up there, but I don't wanna get too overboard with it. Um, so really that has kind of helped me stick with it. Now, when I work with clients who need to lose significant amounts of weight, um, I would suggest going what's called the long cycle where you're going two weeks, um, keto with a strategic carb day on the weekend, even less carbs. And then I also work with clients who are over 300 pounds, both men and women. And for them, um, I keep them in ketosis for much longer periods of time. So three weeks in a row keto with the carb day on the weekend. Um, and it's worked out brilliantly, you know, life just happens and, and they look, it's like the carrot, you know, in front of you, it's like, Hey, let's just go keto for these three weeks, you know, and then, you know, you can have your carb day and it's just a cheat day. Everything's great, you know, and you're right back into it. Um, so socially, I feel like it's, it's been a great way to kind of take keto and apply it to every normal day life. Um, and I've gotten amazing results. You know, that's why I'm sitting here right now. First, I did it with myself. Well, first I saw it change the lives of a bunch of kids with mental illness that were literally gonna die. And this diet saved their life. For me, it solved a lot of problems. I'm in the fitness industry. I, you know, my physique is my business card and, and I, have to, I have to have a diet that I can stick with long-term. It has to be a lifestyle for me. Um, and so the ketogenic diet has absolutely been a godsend for me and my career.
all of a sudden I was able to maintain, um, you know, very low body fat um, and continue and maintain uh, muscle with having the added extra energy. And so, you know, that was my biggest thing when I went on this ketogenic diet was, was I going to lose a bunch of muscle? I knew I was going to lose weight, but was I going to lose a bunch of muscle? I did some research. I uh, found that ketones actually have a protein sparing effect because when you are in ketosis, your body is relying less um, on the glucose. So it, it's not going to try and convert the protein that you have in your body into glucose to, 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 to stimulate protein synthesis. So I was, you know, my, my gains um, were still there. You know, I was, um, like I said before, my strength went down in the very beginning and I got a little bit alarmed, but that quickly bounced back. Um, I've been able to maintain and build slightly um, a lot of good muscle. Also, when you, you know, I feel like the visual appearance of, you know, the muscle definition and things like that is something that I go for. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how that happened. So would you say it's more or less have, it's helped you maybe train better with more energy versus it's gotten you this body where it's at right now or, or just help to maintain if that Yeah. Um, well, it hasn't really gotten, you know, this, it, it takes years and years and years of training to build muscle, mm -hmm. you know. Um, this, like I said before, I'm interested in being in shape as best possible. I don't go through big bulks, bulking periods and things like that. It's, it took a lot of time to build muscle. Um, this diet has just been the best in terms of increasing my energy, making me feel better, um, and allowing me to stay shredded without losing weight. I know so many guys that do competitions and they just straight cut the carbs out completely. And, um, you know, it doesn't last for very long. It's, it's, it's very hard to do that. So something like a ketogenic diet approach would actually, in my opinion, be beneficial as well. Um, I feel like I could jump on stage anytime I want throughout the year because I can stay lean and muscular all year round without losing um, the muscle density. And, and I'm making gains in the gym. You know, I, I um, much more than when I was just running straight low carb. That is for absolute fact. I think 50% of your muscle is, is made up of fat. You really, you don't need carbs in order to build muscle. Really, you need protein synthesis. And so things like leucine, um, HNB, things like that, kind of creatine help that out as well. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and less miserable. Yeah, less <laughs> miserable. I mean, when you looked at me, if I was, you know, a year ago, um, and I looked the same, if I looked like this, I was miserable. I really was. It was. It's very, very tough to live a low-carb life, but when I went to the ketogenic diet, all of a sudden I get to eat all this fat, all this butter and fatty meats, and it was, it's like, it was like a dream come true. I thought it was too good to be true in the beginning, to be honest with yeah. you. So that's my approach. The keto cycle is... You know, um, in my opinion, for me, what works for me and my, my clients the best. And would you say with the keto cycle that it's important to get keto adapted first? Yes. Taking then, yourself through the keto adaptation phase is, is part of the program. Absolutely. And yeah. Well, and because I've heard and I've read, and maybe you can talk a little bit about why this wouldn't work, is from the get-go doing the, during the week, your keto or your high fat, and then during the weekend, you're high carb or you're, you're just not really paying attention. So how will that affect, I mean, will you just never, does it just drop your ketones back again? You'll never get to the keto adaptation process or uh, it's just harder to, like if you're only doing keto five days a week yeah. and typical carb diet the other two days, not being in a keto um, adapted state, how might that affect the whole process? Will you still get the benefits of Ketones 
if that makes sense. Yeah, so like I said before, I take myself and make sure I get keto adapted first um, before I start introducing my strategic carb day. And like I said before, it's, it's one day. Um, for me, I've been able to get back into ketosis um, 24 hours afterwards, you know, um, the majority of my clients have as well. So, um, I don't, I don't really know. As long as you get to, would you say it's just most important to get to keto, um, keto adapted first before you introduce any carbs or a higher Correct. carb? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, and again, the, you know, there's not a lot of research that's been done on cyclical and uh, cyclical approaches yet. Um, you know, some of the limited stuff that I have seen from Dr. Wilson's lab um, show there may be some concerns with, you know, a two-day carbohydrate loading type of phase in a cyclical diet. But I think there's also a lot of other potential approaches that just simply haven't been investigated yet. Yeah, there's also the targeted. And, yeah, and, and also monitoring yourself as you go through the process yeah. so you know where you're at. I think those are the you know some of the main things to to really think about uh, during that process. Mm -hmm. there's, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah. A lot we still don't know about this yeah. diet yeah. yet. Absolutely. And you brought up a good point of you're not going to stick with it if it's not something that fits with your lifestyle. Yeah. And we tip we will always it's, it's always said ketogenic diet. And I think a lot of people think diet as it's a weight loss or it's something, but it, it's a lifestyle for people. And if you can't, if you're not okay with eating 75% of your calories from fat, if you're not okay with saying goodbye to carbohydrates, this just may not be the lifestyle yeah. for you, but figuring out a way to make it to work. To make it work for you in a real world setting. Mm -hmm. and because the most important part of any diet is adherence. That's the most important thing. That's gonna tell whether a diet is good or not, is how long can somebody stick with it and, and can they get results. So that's essentially what I've done is I've, I've just kind of custom tailored it to meet my needs. Um, so. Yeah. To his point, that's exactly right. When you look at the studies on the different weight loss diets that are out there, different macro ratios and stuff like that. You know, they compare the Ornish diet, the Weight Watchers diet, the Atkins diet. The bottom line is the one that you can stay on yeah, is, is the, the right one. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It really is. So kind of on that line, uh, any tips uh, to help you if if the ketogenic lifestyle is one that you're wanting, any tips? I mean, you're traveling right now. Yes. Um, you, your wife just had a baby. You were telling us you, you know, you're at the hospital for three days. Yeah, which is another pretty, reason why the keto cycle saved sure my day. Pretty sure that they don't, like, yeah, support or have higher fat foods like that. So how how do you integrate or any uh, tips that you can give us on um, staying on track or monitoring your diet to allow for travel? Yeah. emergencies. I've kind of built in the travel emergency event social week with the keto cycle and so I do kind of get that part out of the way when those tough situations come up on the weekend I'll just say okay well I have something coming up on Saturday where I know I'm gonna be surrounded by tons of carbs and I don't want to be the outcast so I'll make that my carb day. Um, you know I just think getting over the fat makes you fat thing and, and being able to, like for example, I make keto coffee and that's one tablespoon of coconut oil and one tablespoon of butter. And to be able to actually put butter in your coffee and drink it and not feel like you're doing something crazy is a big, is a big hurdle. So really just don't be afraid of fat, you know? Um, fat does not make you fat. Um, that's, that's kind of my biggest thing. And then track your macros. You know, keep doing all the research you possibly can. Um, 
and 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 you'll be good. And Steve, I'm interested, kind of an insider perspective. We talk about that there's not a lot of research in this category or with this diet. Do you see this going in any specific way, or is it more or less just trying to again get more studies looking at long-term? effects of this diet? Is there a push to study it in certain populations or making slight alterations to it? Or what can we expect with some of the upcoming research in this field? Yeah, I mean, Dr. Jeff Volick at Ohio State is one of the most active researchers in the world in this area, and he's very interested in in the potential effects that this diet can have on insulin sensitivity and, and a lot of the variables associated with metabolic syndrome. Um, so I think you'll, I think you'll continue to see that field grow. There's also been a lot of research in the exercise phys world looking not only at ketogenic diets, but also looking at, again, states of training, uh, with low carbohydrate availability. Um, and you know, there may be some benefits, you know, during, you know, certain types of exercise or different training routines. They've studied the ketogenic diet, for instance, in our in artistic gymnasts, for instance, and find that their strength doesn't go down in that, and it helps them maintain their body weight that they need to be competitive. So, you know, I think, you know, as a dietitian, you're looking at, you're looking at trying to have a toolbox of approaches that might be appropriate for individuals that have a specific sport, a specific goal, a specific metabolic profile, you know, one of the things I want to do as a, as a dietitian is, you know, I want to make sure I have tools in my toolbox for all those different kinds of individuals. There may be some people who really, really need the high carb. Okay, you know, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. But then there's some individuals who are, I might look at this individual and they, they come up to me and they think they're supposed to be on a really high carb diet and they already have a really high triglycerides. And I'd be like, wow, you know, I don't think I want to go quite as high a carbohydrate for this individual, you know, I want to get information. And I think more than anything in, in the, from the research and applied perspective, we're starting to recognize now that you can't just have a one size fits all sports nutrition recommendation. You know, you have to take into account the entire person, their health profiles, their uh, sports goals, whatever they may be. And you could have different diet, very different diet recommendations uh, for these athletes instead of just saying, you know, pushing everybody has to have 60% of their calories from carbohydrate, which is frankly what we did in the, in the 80s and, and 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very standardized. We went low fat for 30 years and there's record numbers of Americans who are obese and there's a record number of people who are suffering from diabetes and uh, children especially. So, And what I'm hopeful for too is is more studies, especially with the ketogenic diet, in association with exercise. Because if you look at the vast majority of studies that have been done in the obese population and the metabolic syndrome population, you don't have exercise as part of that equation. Mm -hmm. And you really, to have the best, I mean, we know we need people to exercise. So to really have the best scientific studies that give us the most applicable results to our population, we got to have people, you know, doing the, both the diet and exercise pieces of things, or you're not going to really get, you know, the best research that you can apply to the population. And I know everybody says, well, I want to, I want to be able to achieve my results without exercise. And, you know, my answer to that is it ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know, 
if you really are committed to making change, you're gonna you're gonna gonna need to exercise. You can't just follow a diet and say, okay, that's all there is. Mm-hmm. You know, the exercise piece is critical, and you need to figure out how to how to hit that yeah. that part of it. Yeah, and you bring up such great points that this is very much in its infancy. There's still so much research that needs to be put into it. And my, uh, I don't wanna say it's a complaint, but my biggest question I always bring up with the, the ketogenic diet is, well, what about a highly active individual? And we have, um, you know, N of one, you know, one subject and we can kind of say, okay, this is how it worked for one person, but to see in a larger group and see how the body reacts to it and if it can maintain a, a lifestyle that's heavily anaerobic or involves short bursts of activity, you know, and our body is so used to, and we've learned from uh, introductory to XFIS 101 that your body used carbs for all of that. Well, what happens when you take it all out? And I I look forward to seeing some of the research, hopefully um, that can be done on that. So we have a better understanding and how to incorporate it into different athletes' lifestyles. Um, yeah, I think you're going to see big things coming for the ketogenic diet. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely it's a very interesting. Uh, I know a lot of our viewers it, love it. <laughs> yeah, it goes against the grain. It, it's it's complete opposite from everything you've you've learned and grew up with. But um, there's a lot of validity to it, a lot of success stories. Now, if we could just get the funding for the studies, that'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah, funding <laughs> always the biggest. I mean, that's that's the rule as far as sports nutrition, exercise physiology research in general. Yeah, it's just. It, for for an approach that is the number one approach for helping people improve their lives and their health, you would think there would be more devotion of NIH resources and and all those types of things to studying, you know, this field in particular, thinking about how much it could potentially affect healthcare expenditures and everything in this country. It's just... Sometimes it's mind-boggling to think about how low the funding is for research like this uh, relative to other approaches that aren't that don't carry nearly the potential for success mm-hmm. in helping people change their lives and improve their health. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully one day we will be in that, that right direction to go yeah. forward. Um, so one thing that I do uh, want to get from each of you is maybe your number one tip that you would have or, and maybe it's not a tip, maybe you hear the same kind of uh, misunderstanding or error associated with the ketogenic diet. So either or a tip or your, your number one mistake that you hear, and then how you would correct that to someone who is um, looking to go keto. Whether that be a supplement, whether that be this is my favorite type of fat, or uh, this is how I start my day because I think it sets me up. <laughs> Coconut oil and butter. Coconut oil and butter. No, I think a lot of people um, are afraid of losing gains on the ketogenic diet, and that's one of the reasons why I've loved it. Ketones have a protein-sparing effect, um, and like I've said before, I just went low-carb for a long period of time, and I lost all my muscle gains completely. Um, with a ketogenic diet, I've able to maintain and actually build lean muscle. Um, and so I feel like a lot of people kind of shy away from it because I don't want to lose muscle mass. Uh, my other biggest tip is you got to focus on the electrolytes. Electrolytes are absolutely critical on this diet. Do not fear fat. Fat will not make you fat. If you don't get enough fat on this diet, your energy levels will simply be sapped and you will end up quitting. Um, so, and just kind of have confidence with it. It's scary when you go into it. I'm telling you, I've been there before. You're like, 
200 grams of fat, it plays games with your head. You, you just, it goes against everything you've ever known and learned and believed before. But if you can just kind of say, especially if you're somebody that has to lose a lot of weight and you've tried everything out there, you just gotta say, okay, I'm gonna take the plunge. You know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna give it a shot. So just, just give it a shot. Um, don't be scared off just because, you know, we're telling you to eat a bunch of fat when you grew up thinking fat made you fat, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Anything? Yeah, I think for, I think for me, um, it's kind of a educate yourself, plan, and monitor. Those, those, those three words is, are the words that I would keep in your mind. If you're, you know, this is, this is a very significant departure from the typical diet. And I've done a contest diet for bodybuilding before, and I know that when I had to do that diet, it wasn't necessarily a ketogenic diet, but it was a lot different diet than I was eating. You know, I dropped 50 pounds on this diet, you know, to get into contest shape. And it's all about educating yourself and planning and monitoring yourself as you go along. And that's the same thing with keto. You need to really understand, okay, what is a ketogenic diet at its core? What am I going to be eating? How can I keep track of my carbohydrates? How can I, you know, get those systems in place? Uh, so you've educated yourself on it. Make yourself a plan for those kinds of foods that you can use. Shoot, there's a lot of really good cookbooks out there. I just, I just got a, a ketogenic diet cookbook that has some amazing recipes in there, mm -hmm. like using cauliflower as a substitute for rice. And fat bombs. And I, and I was just like, how do you, you know, how do you do that? You know, I wouldn't have even thought about that as in my traditional thinking about a diet as a dietitian. There's, a, there are a lot of creative ways that you can incorporate this, you know, so that the you can still maintain a ketosis state but have some interesting foods you can incorporate those part of your plan and then monitoring you know again get your blood get your blood tested don't be afraid to go to the doctor and say hey i'm thinking about doing this here's why i want to do it i've been reading about this here's the test that i want done and you know and that's one of the things i tell moms who worry about their kids and taking supplements you know they're worried about if their kids should take creatine or not it's like well Take your kid to the doctor, get the blood values tested, let the doctor know that your kid's on creatine, and you know, then you can monitor things as you go along. And if there's a health issue, then you address it. You know, but at least you, you know, you've caught it early before you've had, you know, if you start to see you know, blood creatinine levels go up abnormally you know, in that process, you can get off this thing before you know, kidneys start to shut down or some, something much more terrible happens, you know, and it's the same with ketogenic diet. If you, you monitor yourself and make sure that your values are where they need to be. Mm -hmm. So best resources for you guys, because you mentioned educate. I think that's hugely important, uh, especially with something that is so new. Um, Something that you guys go to? Uh, so um, there's obviously a, a, a bunch of good articles um, and research led by Dr. Wilson um, that are on bodybuilding.com. For me, Jeff Folick, Stephen Finney, and um, Dr. Gary Taubes have been excellent researchers um, and, and kind of are at the forefront of this ketogenic diet, dispelling a lot of the myths, coming out with the studies, even though as limited as they may be. Um, so I definitely keep my eye on them and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. yeah, you know they have they have uh, 
you know, a lot of good books that they have written where they talk about, you know, the research that's been done out there. So I think those are, you know, good resources to look at. Um, certainly the FAQs that Dr. Wilson has produced are, are really good, you know, because again, these are people who are actively researching this and really are at the forefront of what's, what's new and what's cutting edge as far as this diet goes. Um, so, you know, I think those kinds of resources are gonna be really, really helpful. And, you know, there's no better resource than monitoring yourself and seeing how you're doing. Yeah. Um, and making sure that, you know, you've got, uh, you're, you're monitoring your, your medical status and you're monitoring your, you know, your body composition and your energy levels and all those things that are important for athletes that are training and, you know, trying to get the best results possible. Yeah, those are all great resources. And additionally, we do have content and articles right on bodybuilding.com. And thank you so much for being here. I truly enjoyed spending my day with you and learning pretty much everything there is to know about the ketogenic diet. And if you like these articles and videos, keep coming back to bodybuilding.com. So that concludes my interview with Jason Whitrock and Steve Hertzler. Hope you guys enjoyed it and got something out of it. My name is Chrissy Kendall, and I will see you guys next time. That's a bacon wrap. <laughs> <laughs>